My name is Ryan, and I'm here to say that I came to podcast in a major way. One, two, three, and to the foe. These days, ain't nobody coming through my dough. <laughs> I'm ready to make an entrance, so back on up. We hope y'all are ready to get it tough. I said one. You just keep counting. You, hope, you just go back to counting. You hope we're ready to get it up? What do you have get planned it, for this show? Get it tough. Get it tough. Get after get it. it. Tough. We're, getting, we're getting after it, bud. Oh. Okay, a, so B, C to the D. You just you just <laughs> like pick new patterns each time. Or you just say I your hope name. Hope everybody's listening to me. <laughs> oh boy. What's How up, the dog? Fuck are you? Fucking I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's it's a reasonable like, response, I think. I, 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 every day I am such a mixture of things that to to designate myself as any one of them would feel disingenuous. Sure. Thusly, like, I am a cocktail of good and bad today, and pretty much every day. You're like the dude from uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine that, like, most of the time he's a man. But some days and at night, he's just like a puddle of goo in a bucket. And then Bro, in the morning, he chooses, he most of the time chooses to go back to being a man, but sometimes remains a puddle of goo in a bucket. Okay, first of all, <laughs> who I think his is name my, is Odo, Odo or something? Who is my new hero? <laughs> <laughs> and also, has there ever been a more apt metaphor for how I've felt throughout the entirety of this quarantine process? A puddle sometimes of goo in a bucket? Sometimes I feel like a puddle of goo in a bucket, and sometimes I feel like a man. And some days when I wake up, I choose to not be a man and just stay mm-hmm. a puddle of goo in a bucket. And I, man, it it me to the fullest. To continue it to continue it further, he uh, he mostly does it. He cho- he mostly chooses to look like a man because it makes other people more comfortable. Yes, App still holds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got to do it, got to do it because this is what society deems necessary of us. But were I to not want to care about what society deems, I would just stay my my bucket goo self. Fucking deep with the metaphors that that Deep Space Nine. Can he he talk as a bucket of goo? Does he like bubble and like gurgle and that's how he communicates? I I don't think so. He just hangs out as a bucket of goo. I think that's how he like sleeps at night. It's more comfy. Mm-hmm. I, you don't I need as much. It. You don't need a bed. You know, you, they're, they're on a spaceship. Quarters are kind of tight. I can't imagine there being anything more supportive than a bucket if your substance is liquid goo. Right. What did What did Bruce Lee say? Be, become the bucket or something? That yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Lee, become the bucket. <laughs> Someone needs to take a be like water meme and. Uh oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and replace and replace it with those words. Um <laughs> that was a lot of build up to just say the same thing you just said. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I just meant like A, I want the visual meme of that. B, the reason that there was that much build up is because my wife just texted me that I think I inadvertently locked her out of the house while she was working outside. So God I'm g- Damn. <laughs> I'm a so, dumbass. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to uh hold it down for roughly 30 seconds while I go unlock the door. Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna say my joy for the week and maybe you'll maybe I'll your Bluetooth to, will reach far enough. I will be able to hear you. Okay. Um so mine I went to I had to get some stuff from Target this morning. And today in Minneapolis is the first day that you are required to wear a mask that covers your nose and mouth when you're inside um in like Either, I guess, public spaces or stores and shit. So I walked into Target this morning, and there's a an older woman at the front door who's, like, handing you the clean cart, but also making sure that people are wearing masks. And I have this, uh, this mask that my wife's friend made for me that has, it's like this cool reversible floral print pattern. And this woman just looks at me and says, I love seeing everyone's cool masks. You're like a garden today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then handed me a card and I was like, hell yeah, lady. You're like, I am ma'am, like a garden. Thank you for recognizing like, that. 
You're like, ma'am, that's literally the nicest thing anyone said to me in about three months. <laughs> so thank you for making my day. And then as I was leaving, there was this dude coming in who didn't have a mask on and she was telling him that he had to wear a mask. And he was like, well, why? And, and she's like, because it's, you know, sort of the law and stuff. And he's like, well, do you have one for me? And she's like, no, sorry, you got to bring one. He's like, well, every other store is handing them out for free. She goes, oh, good. So you have one then. (laughs) 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 And if it were appropriate, I I would have sprinted over and high five this this like 65 year old woman. (laughs) Bro, you should have just started shouting Griselda ad libs from this. (laughs) You start slow clapping from from across the room. This dude was not ready to get roasted that hard at 8.15 on a Tuesday morning. I bet, bro, you got to go get back into your car and turn into your bucket of goo, bro. You got to call it a day. That's it. You, you Ain't no coming back from that, bro. You just got to just gotta try again tomorrow, my guy. You got you to gotta hang your head and go be a bucket of goo for 24 hours and try again tomorrow. She sounded so genuinely happy for him. Like, oh, good, you you have one. You'll be safe. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get that lady everywhere? Oh, she sounds so great. (laughs) Doling out, just equal-handed doling out compliments and talking smack to people. In a way where you couldn't possibly be mad at her about it, Uh, though. You know, it was so... It was completely true. Like, well, then you should absolutely have one. Right. It's absolutely not my problem if you don't. And I'm still being like, you know, kind and personable to you. I'm sorry, sir. You should be aware there are not enough masks for you to be throwing them away in between stores. (laughs) (laughs) You You can't go inside the gas station with your free mask and just throw it on the ground when you walk out. What do you what do you think? You we you think we mask rich out here? Anyway, oh, what do you got? Nothing that good, man. I haven't had a good laugh like that in a hot minute. Well, me either, so that's why I felt obligated to share it. Um, I'm growing grass, and growing things mm-hmm. is bringing me life because creating life is uh, a thing that I can do and feel like I've done something. I've contributed to nature in a way. That was an interesting way of saying you put some grass seed down, bud. (laughs) You know, it's bigger. It has to be bigger than that, because if it's not bigger than that, I don't have anything to be joyful about. Hell yeah. So you you seeded the yard. Are you doing like... Seeded the yard, bud. It's coming up. You just, uh, you starting from scratch or you just patching some holes? What do you got going there? So this is part of my dad life has been removing four of the biggest lilac bushes in the history of the world that were just sort of in uh, the middle of my yard. Yeah, and yeah, uh, they, they like to do that around South Minneapolis for some reason. Boy, boy, are they damn that boy big to every lilac bush in the fucking city. Um, they smell good for like three days and then they're worthless the rest of the year. Yeah. And they like fall over and like hang with their heavy yeah. shitty branches and we ripped a big yeah, one so, out of our yard last year. Yeah, we got rid of four of mm-hmm. them, and uh, the flatness that was left behind needed something on it, so it became sure, grass. Sure, but yeah, it's coming Sweet. up, watered, hayed, and it's rising up to create new life. You fucking did her, bud. Fucking did her, bud. I'll let you know. I mean, the grass, su- to be fair, the, the sun did most of it, but. The sun and the water did do most of it. You're absolutely correct. And the seed. The seed did its own fucking thing. It's true. It's true. You you unleashed it, though, from its artificial bucket. I will say, I know this is like a fucking stoner thought from high school, but it still just never ceases to amaze me that it fucking works. You know? Just this little shitty, like... Grass seed? Anything or seeds in anything general? Gro- anything grows is fucking <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> Anytime anything works, my mind is blown. Not anything works, but particularly like biological processes that involve just sticking a seed in the ground and then this magical fucking plant emerging. It's fascinating. It shouldn't work. Sure. Logically, it shouldn't <laughs> work, but it does. But wait, what is what is the logic that says that shouldn't work? I just like not logic says that it shouldn't work, but 
I bet you people were hella surprised when you took a tomato seed and you put it in the ground and three months later you had a big ass tomato plant giving you more tomatoes. I bet they were like, damn, that's tight. The first people that farmed were pretty <laughs> were pretty psyched at their ability to like take a thing and stick it in the ground and get more of that thing back out. Boop. Here. Uh yeah, sure. I mean, I guess that would have been tight. You got food where you once had no food. Yeah. I threw yeah, my I, mean, I threw the remains of my orange on the ground and I have more oranges now. Awesome. This has been an episode of Ryan reviews agriculture. <laughs> yes. Agriculture. A plus. Very, very cool. <laughs> very cool. Well, should we talk about uh, maybe the dumbest topic we've ever had for a show? Let's not even come close to saying that this could possibly That's be true. the dumbest topic. <laughs> We talked about a talking mongoose for an hour once. Let's <laughs> let's be let's be real here. Um so I was curious the other day. So you know the uh I was curious the other day. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the the rap cliche that you open the show with, the my name is blank and I'm here to say blank 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 in a major way or perhaps in the USA. Or every right? day. Yeah. Um, I got curious about where the fuck that came from. And I thought sure. it should be a pretty, pretty easy thing to solve. And then it wasn't. So I went down a bit of a rabbit hole in trying to figure out like where that originated and how it became the default for every person who pretends to rap. And you like say every, if, if you if you tell you, someone to like, hey, you have to rap right now. What percentage of people do you think do some variation of that? Rely on that cliche? I mean, it's probably 50-50. Well, oh, man, I bet it's more even. I think, though, I think, though, you have to have some association with rap music to know that that is a rap cliche, don't you? Well, so here's the thing. It's not. I couldn't find a single example of someone actually saying that in a rap song. Not the, my name is blank and I'm here to say. Yeah. There are like variations on it throughout the seventies and eighties, but I could not find a single example in an actual rap song of someone saying exactly that. My name is whatever. And I'm here to say, and then ending with either major way or USA. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple that are my name is blank and I'm here to say, but not one that's that goes all the way with Major Way USA every day. There's a there's a Fat Boy song from back in the day off the album yeah. coming coming back hard again. Uh, it's it's called <laughs> Are You Ready? Album? Coming back hard again. Sick. Yep. <laughs> and. uh the Freddy Krueger joint? Is that what you're talking about? The Freddy Krueger joint, yep. I, I've got it. Oh, hold on a second. Um, Give me some. Song oh, Jesus. That's a little loud. Uh, yeah, the song is Are You Ready for Freddy by the Fat Boys. Also, but wait, before you play it, this literally <laughs> is a song that is a persona piece with the Fat Boys just being Freddy Krueger, <laughs> which is... A, just a phenomenal, like, hey, you know what we should put on our album. Keep in mind, this is not a, this is not a Halloween album. This is not a, <laughs> this is not, it's not like a, uh, from a, a, a soundtrack for one of the uh, Freddy Krueger movies. This is just them being like, you know, it would be tight if we just pretended we were Freddy Krueger for a song. Cool. Let's put it on the record. And that's what they did. Do you know, do you know what year this was? Um, 80, the album came out in like 80, uh, well, wait, it's probably actually on the Spanish. Oh, here we go. I got it. 88. Coming 88, back hard okay. again. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So I think I've, I think I've got it to the right spot. You see, my name is Freddy and I'm here to say, I'll wrap you up the tape. So the, the line, it's a little hard to hear because there's just so much other shit happening there. Uh, 
My name is Freddy, and I'm here to say I'll wrap you up and take you away. Spooky, spooky, spooky. Yeah. <laughs> spooky, spooky. So not, not a major way or USA, but I'll wrap you up and take you away. Really, yep. just A-plus stuff right there. Yeah. Um. So that was 88. There are a couple earlier... Like similar ones. Um, well, Rapper's Delight, what year was that? Is that 70? 70 something? Mm, yeah, 70 something. I don't know what though. So, uh, what's weird about it to me is I found a bunch of versions or a bunch of examples of someone saying, I'm whatever and I'm going to do whatever. So, like, I'm Spencer, and I'm here to party. Blah, blah, blah. But like, almost no one in song says my name is. Yeah, and I'm here to say that Fat Boys one, which is funny because it's actually supposed to be Freddy Krueger rapping it, so it's not even like doing it on their own. Yeah, it's a weird example of like it's not really a rapper rapping it. It's like this person who's masquerading as a rapper, but is a character. Rapping, yeah. There's a there's a '99 one from uh from the Beastie Boys. My name is Mike D, and I'm the ladies' choice. Y'all want to get next to me in a Rolls Royce? I mean, there yeah, there are a million examples of somebody like saying their name, especially in early early hip hop. Um, uh, let me pull up the well, and and to be one. and to be clear, like, I mean, we should probably talk about where that comes from, right? Like yeah, I will. We we will in a second. Um, okay. I was just gonna play the the rapper's delight thing real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello. <laughs> Dude, I am so Wonder good. Mike, and I'd like to say hello. Has so there good. ever, has there ever, ever been a goofier fucking song than Rapper's Delight? It's awesome in the history so of recorded good. music. It's so good. This fucking song is 15 minutes long, first of all. <laughs> I forgot the the full official 15 is 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah, it's so good. Specifically the I don't even know what verse. There's like nine verses on this song. This I just need to play this verse for you because I think it is it is my front runner for the worst rap verse in the history of rap. Wow, how dare you? How I mean, dare and you? And I think at the same time, it is the origin of the term hip-hop, as far as I can tell. Here we go. So, hell yeah. So, so far, what in the goddamn fuck has he said? The man is just scatting, basically, for the first four bars. I mean... Then he gets into... And Scooby-Doo, and guess what, America, we love you. We love you. Hell yeah. Ah. I don't, I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to boast, but we like hot butter on our breakfast toast. Bars. <laughs> First of all, bars. Which which group are you speaking for right now? The Sugar Hill Gang collectively likes likes butter on their toast, not we cold butter. A, no, they're talking about America, man. America, we love you. Societally, we all enjoy butter. And also. I don't think any of us would have thought you were bragging or boasting if you said I I like butter on toast, bro. They, that meant you were rich if you could put butter on your toast. That's a brag and a boast. If you could afford <laughs> butter, come on, man. And then straight back to scatting. The Hell only things yeah. he says in, in the whole verse are Scooby Doo, we love America. And I'm rich as fuck because I put butter on my toast. Yeah, hell yeah. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it, dog. You can any scats for like 12 bars. Phenomenal. Uh, you got you gotta know uh, rap rap didn't how, originate 
with people like fucking Black Thought, like ripping lyrics and shit. You know, it was I know, it was but a this, rhythmic talk. Uh, this is not even talk, though. Like it's it's half of, half of his verse is not real words. <laughs> Skibby dubby dibby dibby, you don't stop. It's so smooth. Scooby though. Doo. If if we count Scooby Doo as as real words, he gets to about forty percent actual words. Scooby Doo is a real person. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a real person. I've seen him. <laughs> I've seen him on the TV. So you wanted to talk about the. Uh, the origins of something I forgot already. <laughs> well, I was just you were saying there's a lot of people saying my name is or I am. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I was like, we should probably talk about like where the historical origins of that kind of come from. Um, yeah, because it is like it's a it's a super common thing, and I think it's what leads to this being sort of a you know a, a trope or. A, a cliche at a certain point is people introducing themselves because back in the day when rap started, a lot of rap was, well, originally the MC was the person who was introducing the DJ because the DJs were the stars in hip hop. And the MC was literally like the master of ceremonies, the microphone controller, the person who was sort of like running the show and introducing the DJs, but to big up themselves and to kind of get more notoriety and fame as good MCs who were good at hosting parties and introducing DJs, they had to also make a name for themselves, right? So they were saying, hey, my name is so-and-so, and I'm here to say that DJ so-and-so is the best in the USA. Cutting or, up records in a major way. <laughs> or or I'm so-and-so, and, and, and that way they would be creating like a degree of brand recognition for themselves as MCs introducing DJs. The other, the other side of it, too, is a lot of early hip-hop was cypher culture. You know, if you go back into like ciphering at house parties and people rapping part of making a name for yourself as a rapper was telling people who you were in a cipher because you might stumble upon a cipher and somebody comes in and starts rapping. If you don't know who they are, you have no idea how to be like, Hey, I heard so-and-so rapping in the park the other day and they were really crushing it. And so without knowing that you couldn't kind of, again, like attach your attention or your affinity for a rapper to a name. So, so many people, Started their freestyles. A lot of MCs before they introduced a DJ would start their shit with like, I am so-and-so or my name is so-and-so as a way of elevating their own brand recognition. Who are you? <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that's part of what made it a trope, right? Is because uh, people were doing it left and right. Whether or not the, the rhyme scheme was being completed in like the traditional cliche that it's become today, the, the introduction element of it was just super prevalent across the board. Yeah. What, well, what, did, like I, the, what did I miss there? Um, Not much. I mean, it, it's, I think that it continues to be the case now uh, in all of the elements of hip hop still. <laughs> I guess maybe breaking is probably a little bit trickier, but like graffiti is a lot of times literally yeah. putting your name on things. Right. Um, right. You know, producers have beat drops now that are right. like their tags are making it into fucking top 40 records because <laughs> everybody's Will taking their it. beats. And, yeah, exactly. Um, DJ Khaled. Every every rapper has their ad libs that are, you know, their little unique tag. Um, so like that. Yeah, that shit still exists. Brick squad. <laughs> <laughs> See that uh, Waka is apparently dedicating the rest of his career to suicide prevention. Whoa, really? Uh huh. That's fucking awesome. God, I knew I loved Waka Flocka Flame, and now I really know why. Yeah, what a yep. fucking He's, champ. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like every every rapper, and we've made fun of it on here before, but like every rapper has their ad libs, right? So like even before a verse starts, uh, you know who it is. And it's less yep. direct than being like, hi, my name is Bill and I'm going to rap a song. Yep. But like, it's just an evolution of that same thing. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people like the, the MC used to not be the focal point of rap, I think is like the, the distillation of what you were saying. Like, right. The, the entry point for people was the DJ and the MC was there initially to just like 
literally make announcements um, and then eventually to support the DJ and then 30 odd, 40 odd years later, now they're like focal point for the most part, but that was right. not the case when this shit was starting. And I think that's why you see so much of this trope in the seventies and eighties when MCs were trying to become more established as a fundamental part of the art form. Right. As opposed to just like this ancillary support for, I mean, it used to be like the, the break dancers were the focal point and the main entertainment in addition to the DJ, which makes sense because you're dancing at a party to the music being played by the DJ who is the draw. Um, and so I think that's why you see this trope, like sort of fade out in the nineties and up through now, or like change to be less, um, overtly like I'm saying my name and what I'm about to do as my thesis statement to every verse. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I think, uh, totally. And I think like it was about, it's about like competing for attention. Right. And the other thing too is, you know, as an MC, like you don't really have another way of like you, you literally your only tool is to speak, right? Like that's literally your only job is to like use your mouth and a microphone. So you have no other way of letting people know what your style is or who you are or what you're here to do. Like a dancer can just drop down on the floor and like show you what they're here to do, but I can't show you what I'm here to do unless I tell you who I am and tell you what I'm about, you know? So it's like their, their voice is the only thing they could do to, to make themselves known. And, and then they introduce themselves and then people would be like, yo, he just rhymes Scooby-Doo with we love you. I like him. He loves me. <laughs> I'm interested. I want to find out more about him and maybe go to one of his shows. Yo, did you hear when he said skiddly bop to keep bop do to boo to Scooby-Doo? You don't Yo, that stop. Was that was hot. That was hot. That was hot. Bars. <laughs> bars. Uh, Man's got uh, bars. I've got a few more examples from that era. Uh, let's see. How's in the crew? You gotta see to believe. We're one, two, three, four, five MCs. I'm Bell and Bell and I'm rocking so well. And I'm Mr. Ness because I rock the best. I'm Raheem in all the ladies' dreams. And I'm Cowboy to make you jump for joy. I'm Creole. Solid gold. Forget Creole. So all five of them just take turns introducing themselves at like the top of the song. Yeah. That's Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Super rapping. Name of the song is Super Rappin'. Super Rappin' is the best name for a song that's ever existed. <laughs> and for some reason, that song is 12 minutes long. Do you have the other Grandmaster Flash and the Furious 5 one where they do the intros? Uh, what's the... Oh, dude. <laughs> the song's fucking awesome. Okay. You're talking about the... the oh, Jesus. Oh. oh. Melly Mel, and I'm here to say I was born on the 15th day of May. Hey man, um, phenomenal. Got, got an idea for a new song. What if we <laughs> tell everyone our names and our dates of birth? It's yeah, literally, great. it's literally called the birthday party, and that think we is can, just terrific. Uh, you think we can stretch that out to eight minutes? Oh yeah, easy, easy. No eight question, minutes. no question. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love you don't it. need no invitation. There's a party going on throughout the nation. Don't get excited, but it's going to be the best birthday party in history. <laughs> We're going to celebrate the gift of birth, the living jewel of planet Earth. So come on, come all to the birthday ball every day this spring, summer, winter, and fall. Bars. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I... Uh... When I was searching for examples of, of this form, um, I came across a post on Reddit in the Ask Historians sub. Oh, interesting. And the, the question is, were the lyrics, my name is blank, I'm here to say, ever actually unironically used in a hip-hop song? That's like That's a perfect way of distilling this down. Yeah. And so the... the best response is from one of the moderators of that ask historians sub who gives like a, a pretty thorough breakdown of 
what we were talking about a minute ago with like the role of the MC and how it evolved over time and give some of these examples that we've talked about. But he makes a very good point that I hadn't considered at the beginning of this, which is that, uh, let's see, I'll just read from what this person wrote. Uh, as an aside, it's staggering how young the hip hop community was in the mid seventies. Many participants had barely gone through puberty. If Grandmaster Kaz is talking about 1974 here, referencing a, a quote uh, from Grandmaster Kaz, yeah. he was thir- he was 13 at the time. Whoa. So when sorry, wait, say that one more time. Okay, so he's the the context is um, he's quoting a book called Breakbeats in the Bronx: Rediscovering Hip Hop's Early Years. Yep. And in the book, there's a quote from Grandmaster Kaz talking about the role of an MC. Yeah. And Grandmaster Kaz says the microphone was just used for making announcements, like when the next right. party was going to be, or when people's moms would come to the party looking for them. Uh. And you have to announce on the mics, so-and-so, your mom's looking for you at the door, you know, that kind of thing. So different DJs started embellishing what they were saying instead of just saying, we'll be here next week on this date. They'll say, you know, next week we're going to be at the PAL where we rock well. We want to see your face in the place, things like that. Right, right, right. So then the line after uh, the author of this Reddit post says, if he's talking about 1974 here, um, which... It's implied that he is. He would have been 13 at the time. Wow. Which when we're talking about like, you know, hey, let's make an eight minute song where we say our names and our birthdays and call it the birthday song. Seems like some shit that 13 year old and 14 year olds would do. (laughs) Makes a lot of sense at the time. Yeah. It sounds like a middle school party. Yep. Yep. Um, So he did it well. Yeah. Uh, And I, I don't know. I think. I think Grandmaster Flash was a little bit older, but most of those MCs, I mean, if we're talking, so the, the two songs I played from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five or the four MCs were 78 and 79. Any idea how old Melly Mel is? I'm actually literally looking right now. <clears throat> um, he was born in 61, so he would have been... Seven, 16 or 17 when that album came out. So, yeah, I mean, we're talking like mid to late teens for most of these people. Melly Mel was born in 61. I literally just said that. <laughs> Sorry. I was um, I was getting distracted with my command F. Ah. But yeah, we're like, it's a bunch of teenagers for the most part. Right, um, right, right, right. Sometimes right. as young as like 13, 14. Right. So, so I guess it, it, we can give a, a slight pass on the, the Freddy Krueger and birthday references. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 like... Fat it boys were a, a little bit older, but... Yeah, it, it makes a lot more sense that it's like... Uh, it, it, it originates in a lot more like youthful storytelling. It's, it's a lot more playful than what we understand a lot of like hip hop to be today. I mean, not that hip hop yes. isn't so playful, but it's not as kids boppy as like, like you can look at this as sort of kids boppy in a way. If you look at it as 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds being like, skibby de beep bop, a dee de dee, you know, like it's, yeah, it's got, I mean, I, I don't know if like, like if we think about what we were listening to and doing at 15 and 16, we weren't listening to fucking kids bop, but no, I, it's I true. know what you mean. I mean, the kids um, making kids bop were probably like 15 and 16. Sure. I have a couple more slightly more literal examples. One is Roxanne Chante, speaking of young-ass kids. Uh, Rox- Roxanne's Revenge from 80, no, 70, shit, I don't know. Late 70s, early 80s. So there we have at least the like, my name's Roxanne instead of like, I'm whatever. It's like, yep. here's my name, opening bar, and then here's what I do. I rock a show with and, my cold flow or whatever she said. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and then one more from JJ Fad, who is not a group I was familiar with. A song called well, J- Supersonic. That's a group? And this it sounds like a guy. 
JJ Fat is a group. And the song's we're JJ Fat and we're here to rock. Rhymes <laughs> like ours can never be stopped. See, it's three of us and I know we're fresh. Party rockers, non stoppers, and our names are deaf. See, the J is for J. Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> right Bars. at the top. Like, our name's JJ Fad. Um, and again, in the party context, it makes sense of like, you might get up and only get to do one verse or one song or something, and you need people to be like, yo, who the fuck was that? And then, right. We're JJ Fad, right at the top. Here's who we are. And and I think particularly because, whoa, JJ Fad was signed to Easy es Ruthless Records. That's crazy. Tight. They sounded um, pretty ruthless there. It's very. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's what it was, right? Because, like, I mean, this sounds pretty basic, but when you don't have the internet, you have no way to look up who is cool. What you're looking for is, like, whose name is going to be on the poster for the next party, and do you remember that name from when that person came out and introduced themselves? And were they cool enough for you to want to go to that party? <laughs> you know? Right. And and I think it's important to to remember, too, that most of this was pre-rap even being recorded. Right. So 100%. There, there, there wasn't a way to even buy a record to listen to later for anyone, much less like these completely unestablished artists who were, you know, in middle school and high school. Yeah, nobody had a Bandcamp page or like a Spotify artist account or a SoundCloud or right. I I mean I remember even when I was first in bands and stuff in like late middle school, early high school, how big a deal it was to have something on CD. Oh yeah, for sure. Because then you know we we paid like whatever, a couple hundred bucks to put three songs on a CD. So at least at shows we'd have something to be like you liked our 20 minute set we've got three songs on a cd and then you can remember who we are and it's got this cool artwork and it maybe has like our myspace that's what been pre-myspace even like yeah. whatever some kind uh, a fucking phone number on the back of it right 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 a hotmail account maybe yeah this would have been yeah i guess like a one oh two somewhere in there yeah you about you about there uh, um but yeah, like that was huge just to be able to like have basically a business card, you know, something to hand off to somebody. Right. Um, and this format was like creating an audible business card for people basically. Right. So I think unless you have other uh, rap examples you want to hit, um, we, should t- we should talk about some of the pop culture adaptations of that form that may or may not have actually existed. I'll I'll just run through a couple more uh a couple more quick ones uh that I've got. Um I talked about the Beastie Boys one. Uh that was much later, right? That's what's what song was that? Uh the Beastie Boys one was uh three MCs and one DJ. Oh, okay. Uh, so that was nine that was like late nineties. Ninety nine. Eight, maybe? Yeah, ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, ninety nine. But that then, was like that was referencing 70s and 80s rap. For sure, 100%. A little little closer uh, would have been, there's a uh, an LL Cool J reference where, uh, or not reference, but like version of this. Um, uh, but it's nothing, you're fronting your girl, I am stunting, and my radio's loud enough to keep you grunting. My name is Cool J, I'm from the rock, circulating through your radio nonstop. So again, like, not using the sure. full formula, but using, like, the, the very introductory formula. That was off of Radio, which was from 1985, and I think might have been LL's first record. But I could be wrong. I don't know when it was, his first. Yeah, yeah, that seems right. I, somewhere around it, then. Is that his first? Yeah, I was gonna say it was somewhere around there, but that the was year seems one. right. Yep. Um, um, go ahead. I was just gonna jump into some of the, the pop culture reference or like versions of it. Yeah, totally. Because my my theory is, late eighties, early nineties pop culture adapted this like sort of unofficial here's what rap sounds like in the whatever like 10 years ago because it's a bunch of fucking ad agency and tv writer dudes probably writing this shit this this is what rap yeah this is what rap sounds like right right this will appeal to this audience won't it (laughs) 
Yeah, so you take the like Melly Mel, Roxanne Shante shit that would have been super popular in the early, or like the Rapper's Delight shit that would have been super popular late 70s, early 80s. You simplify it even further and put it in a fucking Fruity Pebbles commercial, which I think is maybe the like as close as we can get to a how did this become a meme answer. Sure. Uh, I'll just play it quick. You watch me get Red's Fruity Pebbles. Who are you? I'm the master rapper rhythm here to sing. I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. He loves Fruity Pebbles in a major way. The bedrock yellow, orange, purple, lime, and red. But to get the fruity taste, I got a trick friend. Fruit of Fruity. <laughs> Can I point out? <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's scratching the dinosaur. Like the pterodactyl dude has a record on his back, and his, his p- pointy beak is the needle. Gotta be, gotta be. Of can, course it is. Can I revisit one part of this where when Barney names the flavors of fruity pebbles? Yes. For, first of all, they're all the same flavor. This is deceptive. <laughs> They're different colors, but they are the same flavor. Secondly, listen to what he says for the the colors slash flavors. Rock yellow, orange, purple, lime, and red, but to get the fruity. Yellow, orange, purple, lime, and red. Now, some would say red (laughs) is not a flavor. Uh, Some would maybe be inclined to argue that it is. Yeah. When we were kids, Pur- purple was a flavor. Um, so as as he's saying this, a lemon, an orange, uh, a bunch of grapes, a lime, and a, I can't tell, maybe a raspberry. This is a very low def version I'm watching. <laughs> pop, pop up on the screen. Yellow, orange, purple, lime, and red. Phenomenal way to close it. Just like really, really so, phenomenal. Couple questions. <laughs> is lime so supposed to be functioning as the color? Or does he list four colors and a fruit? Or three colors and two fruits because he means orange the fruit, not orange the color. What uh do it one more time. Read it one so, more time. So he says yellow, orange, purple, lime, and red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as he's saying that, a lemon, an orange, a bunch of grapes, a lime, and three raspberries pop up on the screen. So raspberries are red, the lime is lime, the grapes are purple, the orange is orange, and the lemon is yellow. So is he saying lime is the color? It's, look, whatever it is, it's it's absolutely a confusing mixture of flavors and colors, <laughs> and I'm not sure what they're and trying fruits. to get me... What's that? And fruits. The lime is like the actual fruit. And they're showing us visually fruits. They're not showing us just colors. Yep. It's a whole ass mess is what it is. A whole ass mess. And the worst part is somebody saw this on paper, said, yeah, great. Somebody then animated it. They said, yeah, great. Somebody then cut the voiceover and they were like, yeah, great. Someone edited the voiceover to the animation and they were like, yeah, great. And then it went to TV. And we wonder yep. why kids of our generation are fucking dumb. Because we give them, we make them deal with this. <laughs> we make them deal with these conundrums. So that was 88, which is like exactly 10 years removed from the earliest yep. examples that we were listening to. Right. But also like right in the pocket of some of the more like next generation evolutions of stuff. Right. Yeah. And also like, perfectly... Perfectly in the era of like, this would have been on TV all the time. Yep. People, well, a little bit younger than us, but this this ran when I was, this, like, I remember this commercial and the whole, like, Barney stealing Fred's Fruity Pebbles commercials. Those ran well into the 90s. For sure they did. So it would have been perfect for, like, our parents' generation hearing this shit constantly, I guess right. is what I'm getting at. Right. So that the they, default would... Of whenever people of like the boomer generation needed to pretend to rap, this would be the go-to because this would be their only entry point. (laughs) Right. Totally. Uh, The other one that I think probably 
functioned similarly is from The Simpsons. Uh, one of the all-time classic Simpsons episodes, Mr. Mr. Plow. And I'll what am I gonna do? Play the 20 I think you clip. should do a new ad, one that's fresh and original. I know. I have I'll not do a seen rap. this. Boom, 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 boom. I'm Mr. Plow, and I'm here to say I'm the plowinest guy in the USA. I got a big plow, and I move a lot of things. Like your cow if you have one. What I like about what I like about this usage of it. What what year did this episode come out? Um. Must have been like mid nineties. I'm not going to be able to have a conversation until we read these lyrics together. Sorry, go ahead. I just go have ahead. to do it. I'm the plowinest guy I, in the USA. I'm Mr. Plow, and I'm here to say I'm the plowingest guy in the USA. Nailed it. I got a big plow, and I'm moving lots of things. Like your cow, if you have one. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. If you have a cow. Be good to it. Make sure you like it. Help it out. Let it carry <laughs> things for you long into the future. Uh, um, uh, the Mr. Mr. What, Plow what I, was probably like 90, I don't know, four, 95. What I like about that one is to your point about it being used as like in the late 92, 80s. And sorry. 92. Okay. Yeah. As it being used in the late 80s as like people's entry point to it. It's almost like the evolution of time in whatever, you know, early to into into the mid 90s usage of it coming from Homer is them being like, this is Homer as a dad's way of understanding rap music. He's using like an old antiquated trope and the kids are like. Oh, this is embarrassing because he's doing the, the dad the version of it. rap. Yeah. yeah, because it's at that point, it's like a 12 or 13 year old trope of like, ba da ba da ba do and a beer to say. Like your cow if you have one. Like your cow if you have one. <laughs> which is which is honestly like kind of perfect for the the Sugar Hill Gang raps of like, I've got. This this pattern established, and then here's some random shit that doesn't fit the pattern, and then we're gonna try something else. Fuck it, we've got 15 minutes. Let's try some shit. Keep on, keep on rolling with us. Uh, let's take a quick break, even though we're well into this, to uh, read a BetterHelp ad, and then we can draw some conclusions. Hashtag 2020. Everybody's going to therapy. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sure is. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can connect with them in a safe and private online environment. My name is BetterHelp, and I'm here to say I'll match you with a therapist in a major way. <laughs> you can uh, start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. You can contact them at any time, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Whatever is easiest for you. They've got uh, apps for iOS and Android. You can do it from your computer. You can talk to somebody on the phone, whatever you prefer. I love it. I love the the multi-channel approach because sometimes it's easier for wherever you're at personally or wherever you're at with just like what you're doing in your life to get help from, from the channel that works for you at that time. It's a super cool model. If you want to, you know, just exchange memes with a professional therapist, you could probably set that up. Yeah. Whatever works I mean, for you. They are licensed professional therapists who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, LGBT matters, self-esteem, trauma, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And anything you share with them is strictly confidential. If you want to start living a better, happier life today, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash what if. That's betterhelp.com slash what if everybody's going to therapy 2020 let's go <laughs> yeah motherfucker <laughs> yeah yeah all right what are, what are your thoughts uh did we miss anything i mean are the simpsons and fruity pebbles responsible for this horrific cultural trope i mean i do think the the proliferation of it it, it, to me, it's one of those things that's very much like it originated from a specific culture in a specific place for a specific reason. 
got elevated to being one of the most notable or like visible versions of that or common, like frequent touchstones of that cultural phenomenon and then got wrecked by its appropriation in a bunch of different like commercial (laughs) and like other societal uses. Like that's, that's how I feel about this cliche. I mean, it's still like, it's still fun and funny and people still use it to this day. Like, I mean, one of the versions of this I brought up was like, Eminem's my name is is a very contemporary version of this where he's that entire song which for many people was their introduction to Eminem as like a cultural phenomenon was him leading by being like this is who I am this is this is literally what my name is um but yeah I mean I I think like 90 is that 90s still late 90s I think it was 99 okay I I think my name is came out in 99 that's that yeah, seems about nine, right. Nine, 99 is right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like it's, it's still, I mean, obviously that's not contemporary contemporary, but like people are still using it, I think as a, as a trope, as a way of, you know, communicating about your understanding of rap from that period of time. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's really what it is. I think that's what made it become what it became is I think it probably would have died if it had just been a useful tool for MCs in the in the late 70s and 80s and maybe into the 90s to to identify themselves and and proliferate their name it probably would have died if it hadn't been glommed onto by other like commercial and societal like hangings on and then pushed out through all those channels but now we all use it as a way of like both simultaneously roasting and having fun but also like kind of attaching ourselves to it as a you know, as like a duality, I guess. I wonder if my name is just confirmed for like all the the dads of the world who watched the Fruity Pebbles commercials and the Simpsons while we were watching them. They're like, oh yeah, that is how you rap. Look, that's the fucking biggest <laughs> rapper now and he's doing it. I was right it's, this whole time. It was, yeah, we never missed a beat, man. <laughs> from, I'm going to keep doing this for at least another 20 years now. 79 to 85 to 99. That's, you know, rough. <laughs> Roughly every 15 years, people are doing this thing, so it must be the thing. Uh, I want to throw a wrench in, because I'm with you. That like I think that's essentially how it happened. I still think it's weird that, that it got so specific. That like there, there is, It's not like there are a lot of variations on a theme. It's like one or two options that and- everyone knows. And I 100% agree with you. And also, there isn't another one. Right. Well, there is. There are some other rap cliches, none as strong as this one, with people who have no idea what rap is. Yeah, sure. You and I could go rap cliches all day long, but like, like, like spiritual lyrical miracle is one that like we, we like roast about. But I mean, like, the only other one I was thinking of is uh, like, throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. That's fair. Yeah, that's a good one. Is maybe like a, a distant second to this one. Yeah. And then everything like else is in another universe. Right, right, right. And I guess maybe that's more what I was heading towards. Is like there isn't, there is not for an entire genre of music, <laughs> there is like one pretty notable cliche that is significantly more notable than all the other ones, which to that, me is. That's what's also weird to me is like there's not a version of this that I'm aware of for other genres. Country, no. maybe, sort of, but like it's not as but not tightly a defined. Yeah, I was gonna you say, know, like not if you like had somebody a, improvise a country song, they'd probably like my do dog, something my about truck. like your dog, right? No, yeah, like that shit. But there's not yeah. like a go to line that everyone would agree on. I totally agree. I so, totally what agree. fucks this whole theory though is a Chiquita banana commercial from the 1940s. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh oh. I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say Bananas have to ripen in a certain way And when they're flecked with brown and have a golden hue Bananas taste the best and are the best for you <laughs> Bars! <laughs> Bars! Oh no, Chiquita Banana was the first rapper, what? <laughs> My head hurts So that's like mid-40s so 
What the a, fuck? A, a good a good thirty years before anyone wrapped anything. Is it like uh, you know, like the the S episode that we did a, a whatever that was a couple months ago, where like you just kept finding farther and farther back examples of it. Maybe this is like the Chiquita Banana commercial influenced the like seventies rappers, right? So we gotta go back like another full generation. Right. Maybe if we go back to like the 1910s, there was another version of it, like a fucking Walt Whitman poem or something. I don't even know when that dude was alive. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even tell you about the right century. Uh, and then you just keep going farther and farther back and it's on like a fucking cave wall somewhere. Like, my name is Gorp and I'm here to say Gorp. I made a fire in a major way. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, somebody's got to do that. the best elk hunter in the USA, even though the USA didn't exist. Somebody's got to do that in Egyptian hieroglyphics <laughs> and just really like, really, uh, yeah, re- really draw it out in Egyptian hieroglyphics how that all would go. Um, I, okay, so a couple of things. One, I think there's something very fascinating about the convergence of cultural tropes. Like, do you think it's possible that that, while the OG version of that Chiquita banana commercial was in the forties, was that like a, a jingle that Chiquita banana kept using for many, many years? And if so, Maybe. it's if kind so, of a weird ad in the first place. They're telling people how ripe their bananas should be when they eat them. Like you never need to ripen in a specific <laughs> way. Okay. They made a whole, co- they made a 90 second commercial about how to eat a banana because what it was a brand <laughs> it was a brand thing they're like look people be eating these like just lime green hard as rock like shitty bananas and they're like man fuck bananas <laughs> it's like if we don't tell these people when to eat them they're gonna keep hating on our bananas <laughs> so it's a it's a brand thing we gotta we gotta help them understand the value and when the value is at its highest it's like what coors light's whole thing for 20 years was was how cold it is as if they somehow control the temperature of the, the beer temp- when I consume it. It's, it's, it's cold brewed in the Rockies, bud. <laughs> and it's somehow... Well, like, I was being a fucking snow piercer in all their commercials and shit, <laughs> delivering the beer to some bar. Snowpiercer. <laughs> it's all going Fantastic. in my fridge, regardless of the brand. You don't. Once I buy it, it's all the same temperature, my guy. Yeah. It's, and it's sitting on a warm shelf anyway when I buy it. I was going to say, also, we all had like a college or like whatever liquor store where that Coors Light was sitting out on a pallet with about 60 to 70 other cases of Coors Light. And it was, it was on a carpeted, like it was on a carpeted floor in an unair conditioned store when I got it. There we go. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, no, but I, I guess what I'm, what I was trying to get at was just like, is it possible that that jingle was used long enough that there was a convergence in some people's minds of the, the phrasing of that jingle and the introductory nature of the hip hop, like trope that fused into one, uh, you know, fused into one, like, uh, cultural concept, I guess. Yeah. I I think with things like this too, there's always some amount of like our brains just all work similarly. Yeah. And, uh, easy one syllable rhymes centered around your own name are probably like pretty easy to come sort of, some sort of default somewhere in our brain. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like the whole, everyone's like, yo, isn't it like mad crazy that the South Americans were building pyramids while the Egyptians were also building pyramids? And then somebody comes along and is like, yeah, isn't that a way to just build something tall and make sure it doesn't fall over? It's just by having smaller and smaller things go to the top. And everyone's like, yeah, I guess that is also pretty fucking true. It's like, Hey, that was not my favorite. My favorite (laughs) observation of that is, uh, there's this meme where (laughs) it's like, Basically that of like, oh shit, this is crazy. Look how they built the, these pyramids. And then in the second frame, it's just a, an upside down pyramid. And it's like, 
it's a lot more fucking easy than doing it this way. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> like, 100%. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, we all have the same physics. Uh, yeah. We weren't we weren't using steel framing for walls back then, so uh, just getting smaller as you went up was a pretty good way of making sure that thing didn't fall over. But it's yeah. like, yeah, like that... Some people are like, damn, it's crazy. And it's like, or is that just like a logical thing that the human brain kind of comes to its own using the devices of language? One thing that I thought about while I was- We've all got roughly the same hardware, bud. Right, right, right. One thing that I was thinking about and didn't have time uh, or really the ability to do research into uh, was whether or not this trope carried through into rap music and other cultures or languages which I'd be really fascinated to mm. know about. Um, you know, like there's a huge Russian hip hop scene. There's a huge South American hip hop scene. Is this like, you know, obviously before those things existed, the United States had to have rap music for an extended period of time, enough for it to be able to carry into other countries. But I would be curious to know if it's a trope that exists in other cultures or other, other cultures or other languages versions of rap music. I'm now really disappointed with myself that we deleted the my name Jeff thing from the soundboard once upon my a time. I literally thought about telling <laughs> t- telling you to put it back on for this episode. I swear to God, because I was Fuck. thinking about my name is and then I was like, I literally had right. the thought in my head. My name is Jeff. <laughs> my name is Jeff. <laughs> my name is Jeff. <laughs> shit. Ah, shit. We fucked well, it up. Uh, before we go, shout out to Chaz Kangas for having the only coherent article about this exact topic on all of the internet as far as i can tell oh did he write it yeah dude that like so i googled this i don't know last weekend or something and i just typed in like my name is and i'm here to say major way being like somebody must have written something about this somewhere and of course the fucking number one result on google for my dumbass search is a village voice article by Chaz kangas with like a whole the whole outline in a much more intelligent, coherent way of what we've just been talking about for the last hour. Fan fucking tastic. <laughs> Shout out to homie Chaz. That's incredible. For basically producing this whole episode for us <laughs> off of one like drunken Google search that I did a week and a half ago. That's incredible. You love to see it. Anything um, you want to leave folks with before we get out of here? Um Shit, I think that's it. Let us know if you got other versions of this that we missed or versions in other languages. We know we got listeners all over the world. So if you guys have other versions of this and you're like, yeah, we have a version of that, but it's in German or whatever, uh, send them to hi at whatifpodcast.com or you can also leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. We got a P.O. box. you know of any any liquors that rhyme with the word party? I got a thing I'm working on. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, um, we have a P.O. box. <laughs> thought, thought that joke was going to go a little bit better. It's okay. Keep I don't going. actually don't understand what, you, what you're even trying to say. Uh, the, the party Bacardi cliche. Oh, oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. The, the whole like trying to get a joke in when we're on Zoom thing is a lot harder. I, like, I feel bad jumping in because, you know, the timing is all fucked. And then if, actually, if you do jump in when you think you got a good one and then it falls as flat as that did. Oh, boy. Hold I on legitimately, I legitimately was like, "Wait, is this like a is this like a freelance project Spencer's working on right now?" I literally don't know what he's talking about. And then I was like, "I can't oh, think liquors. of any any alcohol that rhymes with the word party." I'm stuck. I'm stuck. So, somebody call up P Diddy. <laughs> uh, we got a PO box. Thanks to we've got a couple fucking amazing packages recently. Uh, you heard about um, that stuff on on the main episodes. Also, big shout out to Hawk. Thank you for. Uh, for a very cool fucking dream catcher to keep us safe and looked over in these, uh, in these crazy times, uh, PO box is in the description of the episode. If you ever want to send us anything and, uh, we surpassed 500 reviews on iTunes. Y'all crushed it. It took us a, a little oh, yeah, when, minute. When are we doing our live thing? We'll, uh, we're going to, we're going to do an off air production meeting and we'll tell you guys next week when we're going to do it. We'll do a live episode and we'll hang out with y'all, uh, a little bit live and, uh, answer some questions and just kick it with y'all. So, um, so yeah, that's all I got. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. Oh, if you want more episodes, go to patreon.com slash what if podcast. There's over a hundred episodes you've never heard in a back catalog there. Plus you get a new episode of the show every single week and it's only five bucks a month and you're not spending money not, on anything else right now because you can't go anywhere. I mean, or you might not have any money in which case, please don't Keep give it. it to us. Keep it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But if you want more of this <laughs> and you have the money and you're bored, go to patreon.com slash podcast and get we, a whole bunch more we content. We should put like a, a negative $5 a month tier on Patreon where you can just <laughs> you can send us a Venmo request for $5 yeah. every month. Actually, uh, yeah, cool, guys. <laughs> Actually, I need this more than you do, so fuck off. Yeah, I wasted my time listening to your free show. I'd like some money back, please. <laughs> it's a, it's just the, the logo is just a middle finger. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, All right, guys. Love you. Love y'all. Talk to you See next, next week. week. Bye. We ain't down with killing. We down with chilling. Peace. Peace.